podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone, this is Mike. Uh, the Fin Fans Podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Hey everyone, it's uh, Thursday evening and uh, I'm here with uh, Jim Johnson. Hello! And Louis Ragoni. Hey Dolphins. And we're going to talk about uh, the upcoming Steeler game on Monday night. We're going to talk about the upcoming trade deadline. We'll also... Look back at some of our favorite uh, Dolphin Steeler games and uh, just talk over the roster real briefly, uh, discussing maybe some of the players that have exceeded our expectations. So, uh, Jim. Yes. The trade deadline is uh, next Tuesday. It is. And there's all kinds of rumors. Yeah. You know, the whole rumor mill is all churned up. Uh, You know, I'm not sure if we've got anybody left on our roster that, uh, number one, that we're trying to actively move other than maybe Kenyon Drake. But other than that, I don't see anybody that's going to be gone. Uh, We've been talking about the whole Kenyon Drake situation for months and, uh, you know, he's going to be a free agent next year and on and on and on. Uh, The the problem is, is what value are we going to get back for him in some sort of trade? What's he worth? Well, that's what I'm saying. You're going to get a fourth, maybe a fifth round pick, which isn't a whole lot to get back of for a guy of Kenyon's value. So I'd like to see him utilize Kenyon Drake better in the, in the game plan rather than ship him off for a next to nothing pick. Other than that, Devontae Parker is is an outlier. You know, if somebody needed a wide receiver, uh, he's been looking good so far. So, you know, that's another possibility. From there, I, I don't see anybody else getting traded off. Well, you know, there's rumors about Howard and, like you said, Parker and, and obviously Drake. And I tend to agree with you. I, I don't think any of those guys go unless they get an offer that excites them. What are your thoughts, Lou? I, I'm pretty much on page with you guys in regard to Drake. I just don't see us getting value for him I don't know if he you know I don't know what he's worth to anybody I mean Detroit is in a situation where they still have a shot at the playoffs they just lost their starting running back but I think they're waiting to see how this guy does Ty Johnson the guy that's backing him up he's going to play a little bit this week and once they come out of this game on Sunday maybe they'll give us an offer that you know we, we bite on as long as it's you know a little bit higher than what we're looking, you know, than what they're talking about. I mean, a fifth or sixth rounder for Drake, um, you know, I I would love to see him finish the season here. And then, you know, depending on how productive he is with Fitzpatrick now at quarterback, if, you know, if that stays the same, see how productive he is and maybe getting him back here. Because um, if they do, in fact, trade Drake, there is not a lot behind him i mean if you do that you you have to pull lard in laird and um lard <laughs> lard laird he comes in and you know that's that's your depth i mean balage has you know really been a disappointment you know so you've basically got walton who's a little banged up right now and um you know it kind of depletes your depth so you know i, I can't see it happen and i mean the only other guy 
you know, is possibly Rashad Jones, because I'll tell you what, there's a lot of teams out there that are hurting for defense. You know, Kansas City, uh, you know, I don't know what their situation is in their secondary, but there's teams that are going to be playoff bound that need defense. And, um, We'd probably give him up relatively cheap. Um, past those guys, there really isn't anybody on this roster I see going anywhere. You think Jones wants to go to work? He's been on vacation. Well, that's that's the other issue. I mean, I think he, you know, he somewhat hurt hurt his trade value by being injured quite a bit in the first part of this season. So, you know, with that being said, again, they know what he's capable of doing as long as he's healthy. So maybe you know we we trade him for a fifth or sixth rounder. Uh, you know, does it does it really matter? You know, at that point, I don't know. I mean, maybe you know, we turn it around and we 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 steal somebody in the draft with that type of pick. But you know, again, I I just as well him stay here and maybe help out the young guys and um, you know and go from there. But I honestly, I don't see it. Just like you guys said, I don't see anybody yeah. going anywhere. He's a real interesting situation. Uh, you know, it's just I to me, it comes down to just how badly do they want him here. And uh, I, I think that'll make their decision. And of course, there has to be somebody who has interest in acquiring him. I think he does make a difference on a defense, Mike. And, you know, so he does have some value. You know, like I said, Kansas City and some yep. of these other teams that are that are hurting on the defensive side of the football. You know, he has some value there because they know what he's capable of doing when he's healthy. So we'll see what happens. All right. So Monday night, we uh, traveled to Pittsburgh. A uh, place where we don't generally play well. Now the Steelers are, are two and four. They're they're not your you know typical division leading Steelers. They beat the Bengals. They beat the Chargers. And uh, the four games that they lost, well, New England embarrassed them, beat them by like thirty points. Jeez. Seattle, uh, they lost by two points, the 49ers by four, and the Ravens by three. So they've lost to some pretty good teams. Offensively, they rank 28th, and defensively, they rank uh, 15th. In yards per play, they rank 10th. They rank third in interceptions with eight, and uh, second in fumbles recovered. So while the defense is giving up some yardage, they they do tend to uh, create turnovers. Jim, you want to tell us about the defense in depth? Yeah, I can I can touch on that a little bit. You know, you mentioned that they've got the 15th ranked defense overall, and they do create some turnovers. Uh, watching some game film in the last few days on them, about half of their turnovers were just bad plays by the offense, you know, putting a ball on the ground or receivers you know, batting a pass up instead of catching it, they're they're making it, they're popping it up in the air. So, some of the turnovers were like gifts to to the Steelers. So, you know, not taking that away, they they made the plays. This team, they really attacked the line of scrimmage uh, with their defensive front. Uh, you know, they they usually have three down linemen. You know, they they play a varied three four scheme, uh, and they've got the two outside guys and. They'll often have six or seven guys on the line of scrimmage, and that's difficult for a quarterback to understand what they're doing to them. So at the snap, they'll only send three guys or maybe four, you know, to the backfield after the quarterback, and everybody else drops back. But they really get after it at the line of scrimmage. They're an aggressive, go-get-em type defense. Instead of the old, you know, bend but don't break type of thing, they're, they're trying to get after it right now. And while they're successful, they're, you can get to them. You've got to 
you know, get into that area just beyond that rush. And uh, that flat area in between the, the second level of the defense is somewhat easy pickings if you can survive that rush. We are in a, a bit of a better situation because they're, one of their DTs, uh, Tuit, is out with a torn pec muscle. And uh, TJ Watt has been uh, slowed down with an oblique issue with his uh, you know, side there. But the thing is with this defense is they're somewhat vulnerable in the passing game. Everything is predicated around that defensive front. Uh, watching some of the game film, uh, they you know, when you have all those guys on the line of scrimmage and then they're dropping back into coverage, if your safety doesn't get deep enough, if your linebackers don't get back to cover a guy, there's a lot of plays there to be had. And the other teams are taking advantage of that. So if they survive the rush, you can get some chunk plays on them. So I think that's what we need to do is try to attack that that aggressive defense and try to give them some misdirection plays to try to keep the run game going, get some delayed handoffs, you know, something to change the timing of it. And then attack that short passing game and go into those soft zone areas. And then if any of this works in theory, you can take the top off the defense with a speed receiver. They've been subject to that play as well. So while they're a solid defense, there is plays to be made there. And if you can manage that pass rush, which is a big chore for our offensive line, you know, there is opportunity to, to take them, you know, for a score. Yeah, they their numbers in that San Diego game went way up due to the fact San Diego had some offensive linemen out. Um, Pouncey got hurt. The week prior, he was out. I think one of their offensive tackles were out as well. So, yeah, to your point, Jim, in regard to some of their games and the turnovers, that San Diego game comes to mind. That's actually the last one they played, which was exactly. two weeks ago. Yeah. They had a bye week. Um, they they were fortunate on some of the turnovers, and they were very fortunate in the fact that San Diego was playing with uh, a banged-up offensive line. So, you know, they were able to get to Rivers and create some issues for him. So, if our offensive line holds up well, to your point once again, I think that we can move the football on this team. They're not a great defense. They have some solid players, but overall, they're not a great defense. Well, that's why they went out and uh, you know tried to get Fitzpatrick. Right, and, and that has helped them to some degree in the secondary, but to Jim's point, once again, they do have holes. So Yeah, you know, you mentioned Fitzpatrick, and I spent quite a lot of time going back and looking at plays. Uh, because, you know, since he just left the Dolphins, I was kind of curious to see how they were using him and how he was doing. And I watched that one game, that one play with the the 49ers fullback. I mean, he just gave him a stiff arm, like literally took him off his feet and threw him to the ground. And I just laughed out loud. It It was comical as heck. But he's often like a deep safety. Um, a lot of plays... I mean, by deep safety, it's it's like he was so deep, he took himself out of the play completely, and he's running up to the ball all the time. It's just, it doesn't look like he's that productive to me. And that San Diego game, you know, even when he was in the box, and even against uh, the 49ers, even when he was in the box, he was easily blocked. Uh, he did get in there on a couple of run blitzes and pass blitzes, but he was often just pushed out of the play just a little bit, and the play was still successful. So... You know, I'm not 
upset to see you know him gone really because he he's not making a lot of big impact plays for the Steelers at this point he does have that one interception I believe uh, but that was on a tipped pass by the receiver uh, so it's not like he made a great play on the ball or anything right so Lewis uh, do we have to worry about their 28th ranked offense <laughs> they have they have a few players this isn't Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell we're going against so uh, they've taken a step backwards. Obviously, the Roethlisberg injury is key. Uh, you know, Rudolph's doing a decent job. You know, they protect him. They've only given up five sacks all year, the offensive line. And that's where I think we may have some issues. Otherwise, they're they're not blocking in regard to the running game. Um, Connor is having a very, very average year. He's barely averaging over three yards a carry. He's he's averaging 3.2 yards a carry at this point. And Samuels, who's their, their backup, is at 2.8 yards a carry. So these guys are not running the ball very well. So yeah, their, our, their offensive line hasn't been run blocking as well as they have in previous years. Right. They're, they're having issues and um, running the football. And as long as we can stop them from running the football, I think we're going to have a lot of success against this offense. I mean, they're ranked 28th for a reason. You know, they have Pouncey and Villanueva. They have a couple of good offensive lines and like uh, linemen. And like I said, they've only given up five sacks all year. So they're protecting Rudolph to an extent. They do a lot of dinking and dunking to the running backs. Um, Vance McDonald, is a very, very good tight end. And, of course, they have Schuster, and they have, they have a young guy named Deontay Johnson. So they do have some playmakers. But, again, this isn't the team, the Pittsburgh Steelers offensive teams that we've seen in the past. We can match up against them well, especially if X-Man is playing this week, because if you line him up on he Schuster... He says he is. Well, if he is, then that's a major plus for us, because if you can take Schuster out of their offense and not give up big plays down the field, then you know I, I think we'll have some success against them. I mean, this, is, this should be a very, very competitive game. It should be a lot like the Buffalo game. Hey, I've got one question, though. Mm-hmm. Have you watched the Dolphins play on Monday night lately? <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help but throw that out. Somebody mute his microphone. What if we? <laughs> how many times do we play on Monday night over the past five years? Once, right? And usually, that's the reason we don't play much. Is for the exact reason you just mentioned. We have not played well, but we do have a veteran quarterback this year that's playing. So we'll see what Fitzpatrick brings to the table because I think that makes a big difference in the fact that he's not phased by anything and um, you know whether he's on or off it doesn't make a difference you know he's he's going to play his game he understands the situation he understands it's Monday night football and it's in Pittsburgh and I think he'll be able to handle that whereas uh, you know the guy that's been here over the last some odd years yeah, just didn't react very well to those situations. So I think we're looking at a different circumstance here. Well, uh, I'd agree with you, but Fitzpatrick is like 0-6 in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, yeah, that's not good either. But uh, you know what? You know what I think, Lewis and uh, Jim? I, I think that if I'm the Steelers, I'm going to be a little physical. 
and I'm going to try and run the ball. Uh, I thought Buffalo was going to do the same thing, and they came out running, and Gore had some success, and they got away from it, and I don't know why they never really got back to it, but they didn't. I don't think Pittsburgh makes that same mistake. I think they're going to try and pound the ball on Miami. They may, Mike, but again, you know, Connor's a little banged up. He's been out, and um, he's questionable from Monday. They said he's going to play, but he's dinged up a little bit. His backup, I think, is completely out, Samuels. So uh, they've got a third guy there, and for the life of me, I can't think of his name right now. Uh, But uh, they're a little banged up. Well, that hurts, but, uh, you know, I think that if they're going to have success, I think it's probably going to come uh, on the ground more so than through the air. Oh, absolutely. With Rudolph at quarterback, it it has to come that way. And like I said, if we can contain their running game, I think they're going to struggle a little bit offensively. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's probably why they're rated 28th or something. They, they are struggling on offense as well. So we're 31st, I think, and they're 28th. So it's not like it's going to be 48 to uh, 52 or anything. You know, Jim, you never know. You don't. You just you don't. never. You never know. You guys have anything else you want to add about the Steelers? Uh, no, I think we did. Either of you check their special teams? How are they on special teams? You know, I have no idea. Okay, I'm not sure either. I did watch a few plays, and they did look susceptible to some, you know, returns, but, you know, nothing nothing that sticks out by any means. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious, because, you know, if you can win special teams a lot of times, that'll give you an edge in the game, and uh, I'm just not sure whether we can or not. Hey, guys, I wanted to break in here real quick just to ask a favor of you. On the app that you're listening on, uh, if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to the podcast. Hit like, leave a, a comment on your thoughts of the show. And uh, if you didn't know, we do, we do run a Facebook group. Uh, it's Miami Dolphins number one. That's hashtag one. We talk uh, Dolphins football 24-7, 365. We'd love to have you join us and share your thoughts. And uh, once again, we want to thank you for listening. Uh, let's make it a habit. We'll see you next week. Uh, as far as our team, guys, uh, Jim, who exceeded your expectations? Well, other than the, the guys that everybody's going to talk about, Preston Williams, uh, an undrafted guy, has, has played well for us. Um, and then, uh, you know, Mark Walton has looked really good in the last game or so. Uh, but one of the guys that was kind of a surprise for me was uh, Durham Smythe. He was a tight end that we picked uh, two years ago, I believe. And uh, I kind of thought he was just going to blend into the scenery and kind of not really show much but you know he's been a really solid blocking tight end he hasn't made a lot of flashy plays but he's been very solid and solid is what we need at that position so that's been that's been a nice thing to watch and then uh another guy that i am happy with how he's been playing he's been playing better than i thought he would is raekwon mcmillan they've limited his snaps but boy he's made a made the best of his opportunities and i'm i'm excited to see him playing as well as he is how about you lewis well mcmillan i'm right on i'm right on with jim in regard to him and walton and Preston Williams, you got to love what he's doing. Uh, Parker has stayed healthy, so he's somewhat of a surprise. He's been extremely consistent through this whole season, so he's somewhat of a pleasant surprise because we haven't seen this out of him over the last few years. And the fact that, you know, we've talked about this before, the fact that he's healthy and he's playing and he's out on the field every single play for the most part over the course of the game 
is a major plus. So he's been a pleasant surprise as well as Gasecki. Gasecki is starting to come on. We're starting to see good things out of him. And those were two, those were two guys that were very, very big question marks going into this season as to, you know, what direction they were going to go in. Did we make a mistake with Parker signing him to another two-year contract? Um, right now, it's looking like a nice contract for us. And uh, getting back to the trade rumors, you know, he's under a nice contract for next year as well. So it really doesn't make sense to get rid of a guy that's being productive. So, you know, again, he's a pleasant surprise and so is Gusecki. Uh past those guys um there's there's a lot of guys on the roster that have been disappointing more so than surprising you know Drake comes to mind he's been very average uh Balage has just been horrible I mean we were expecting a lot more out of him and you know other than the two touchdown runs he's been you know below average for the most part and he's now relegated to just that job running the football in around the goal line and then you know as far as our rookies you know I'm a, some I'm not overly disappointed but I'm somewhat disappointed in Dieter and Wilkins I think that they've been probably below average up to this point, you know, in regard to their play. Now, I know they're rookies, but, you know, they're in there, and, you know, I was expecting a little bit more out of both of those guys. I think Wilkins has improved since the first couple of games. Right, but he's, you know, he hasn't hasn't been what I was expecting him to be, and I know he doesn't have a lot of help around him, so maybe once we get a little bit better – talent around him he'll start producing a little bit more he he likes the box (laughs) yeah yeah i think that's the biggest the biggest hit on wilkins's play is uh you know he threw himself out of that last game and then he you know he he pancaked that other guy and uh that draws attention to him and it's negative so you know that's what we dwell on but i think he's been playing solid football uh he just has to get his head a little bit more in the game right we've got to get a pass rush from you know up the middle and it's our pass rush we we felt up the middle would be okay we knew that the outside was going to struggle a little bit, but... Um, well, surprisingly, it's been mostly John Jenkins. Yeah, exactly. 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 So, you know, and then on top of that, Baker's been somewhat of a disappointment after the preseason he had. We were expecting a lot more out of him, even though he's been playing better of late. And uh-huh. and Xavier Howard, you know, he's had some disappointing games and he's been injured. So, you know, with, with all that being said, you know, uh, the position that we're in, you know, the record that we have, has a lot to do with you know some of these guys not producing as much as we were expecting them to produce. But we've got a long way to go. There's a lot you of football. You guys forgot there. somebody. In regard to which end, Mike? Disappointing or? Enlighten oh, us. Exceeding our expectations. Exceeding. Uh, Any guess? Go ahead, Mike. Evan Bain. Well, he played one game. We well, can't. We I can't. was damn impressed with him. Yeah. Well, absolutely. But, you know, we can't be. <laughs> He was he was very good as a matter he played, of fact. He played guard to the game prior to playing center. And you know what, Mike Fitzpatrick had a lot to say about him. He said that he's a motor mouth. He talks a lot. He said sometimes he talks too much. Yep. But he went into that Buffalo game with an extreme amount of confidence. And Fitzpatrick's his words were. I have enough to worry about without having to worry about the guy that's playing in front of me, making calls, blocking calls, so on and so forth. And he said that he handled himself extremely well with a lot of confidence. So 
that was nice to hear. And, you know, maybe we have something there, you know. But, yeah, to your point, yes, Mike, he, he is he was a surprise last week. Uh, but, you know, we can't we can't bank it on one game. Let's let's see well, what he does. It's the same about dose. Walton or anybody else. I mean, we're early in the season, so right. any, anything can change. Oh, but, absolutely. Uh, yeah, there's so many players that have really only been on the field for a game or two or a game and a half. It's kind of hard to, you know, visualize your yeah, expectations. Yeah, they're constantly much. moving bodies, and yeah. we've had a lot of injuries, especially along the offensive line, so... You know, I would like to say Davis, and hopefully when we do this later on, I'll be able to say Davis, but he's been inconsistent. Yeah, Absolutely. wouldn't it be nice to Absolutely. have one of these guys step forward and be a be a solid offensive lineman for us? Yeah, yeah, because we really need that. Because yep. you don't want to have to rebuild the entire offensive line next year. You really don't want to have to do that, especially if you find yourself in a situation where you've won a couple of games and now you have to trade some of those picks to get back where you want to be in the rotation of the draft. Exactly. Yeah. Jim, what's your uh, favorite uh, Dolphin Steelers game? Well, I would have to say the probably the old school, I think it was 84 or 5 uh, AFC championship game. But I'm going to let somebody else talk about that one, and I'm going to I'm going to talk about a Ryan Tannehill game in the snow. I think it was 2016, and uh, that was an exciting game to see. And Ryan played well, and won that uh, game by an inch. I know it. I know it. And uh, it was exciting, and uh, it was it was a you know it didn't really amount to much, but. Uh, it was a fun game to watch, you know. Who doesn't like to see a game played in bad weather? So, you know, we came out on top, and uh, it was a fun game to watch. It was a fun game to watch. Yep. I hate to give Tannehill credit because I you know, know I just don't want to do it. But no, seriously, that was one of the best games he played in a Dolphin uniform. Yep. He was outstanding that day, and he he had a huge run in that game. He, he and, did. Uh, you know, yep. it was it was fun to watch, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he he played well that game, and. And, uh, you know, I came out of the box as a Tannehill fan and all that, bought his damn jersey, and, uh, you know, now it's uh, it's kind of a rag in the back of the closet. But uh, yeah, Well, I bought two of his jerseys, one for my son and one for my grandson. Oh, man, two? Oh, yeah, that's so rough right there. If you feel bad, imagine how I feel. <laughs> uh, poor Ryan. You know, I wish him the best, but uh, he he sure faded under the bright lights sometimes. So Yeah, well, we'll see how he does in Tennessee. That's uh, it. He, he got a win under his belt uh, last week. He did. He did. So, Lewis, what was your favorite uh, Dolphin Steeler game? Uh, it had to be the first game I ever witnessed in the Orange Bowl. It was back in 1981, and the Steelers came in, and they still had Terry Bradshaw, and they still had Stallworth and Lambert and some of those guys. And they were, you know, they were the cream of the crop at that point. You know, they came out of the 70s with a bunch of Super Bowl wins. And uh, they came down here, and our young defense just annihilated them. Uh, we wound up winning the game 30-10. to 10. Vigorito had a big punt return in that game, and we just, we just pummeled them. Absolutely. Do you remember that game, Mike? I absolutely do. Oh, it was it was absolutely crazy in the Orange Bowl that night. Sold out crowd. It was a Monday night game on top of that. And like I said, that was the very first time I was in the Orange Bowl. Those were such fun days. They, oh, they were just so fun. It's just incredible. The atmosphere yep. on those night games. I mean, we've talked about it in, in previous podcasts, but... You know, that particular night, it was kind of a changing of the guard because the Dolphins then became, in the early 80s, one of the one of the better AFC teams. You know, they they 
kind of took it away from them. They had two Super Bowl appearances in the early 80s, and, and they were always, you know, winning the division at that point. And they just knocked the Steelers around, and, you know, it was kind of a changing of the guard type of thing. So um, that game in particular stands out a lot for me. You know, for a lot of different reasons. Well, for me, I got to go back to 72. And uh, I think everybody knows what I'm talking about that that was, you know, uh, alive back then. You know, we had to go to uh, Pittsburgh at, at 15 and 0. We played the Steelers in, in what was a, a pretty physical game. And uh, we had knocked Terry Bradshaw around and. Uh, he fumbled forward into the end zone. The Steelers recovered it. They went up in the game, and uh, they were winning. They were winning up until Larry Seipel uh, caught the snap from uh, center in the punt uh, formation. He saw a little bit of daylight, and uh, he didn't stop running for about 37 yards, and it totally turned the complexion of the game. Just reversed the momentum, and uh, Miami scored and held on to win, and uh, it allowed us to have that undefeated season and uh, make it to the Super Bowl to play the Redskins. It's amazing how one how one play can change a game, huh? Yeah, change a season. Yeah, I mean, really. Everything. You know. That's yeah. what that's got to be in our top ten plays in the history of the Miami Dolphins, without a doubt. I mean, oh, that, I, I think it's up there. Yeah, it's it's up there, and you know, it's funny because it's it's a punter, and it was just such a a key key play in that game. I mean, it basically turned the game around. So, um, well, you remember I asked you earlier about special teams because they can yeah. win a game for you. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not so much anymore as they once did, Mike, you know, because of the... the yeah, the rules have changed the a little Kickoffs bit. and onside yeah. kicks, they've changed the rules. It's just, you know, it's it's gotten... All right, let's not get cranky. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not getting cranky. I'm just saying that special teams aren't as important as they once were. They've taken that away, so... I think they're still important, but they're probably not as impactful. If not that at makes all. any sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course yeah. it does. Not yeah. at all. All right, guys, do you have anything else you'd like to discuss? I think we're good. We covered quite a bit. So what do you think the score is going to be, Lou? Oh, I was hoping you weren't going to go there. Ah, I want to just hear what everybody thinks. Uh, I figured you did. Well, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a nip and tuck game. You know, unfortunately, you know, we have the Steelers' first round pick, so we're in a no-win situation here. Whether exactly. we win, whether we win or lose, you know, we're we're going to lose something one <laughs> one way. One way or the other, if we right. win, we lose. If we lose, we win. You know, I don't. Uh, you know, it, it can go either way, but I, I think it's a nip and tuck game, and I think that you know Pittsburgh will probably edge it out. You know, they've got the home field advantage, and I think that'll you know have something to do with it, especially the fact that they're playing on Monday night. So I think they're going to edge us out. You know, they have um, you know their offensive players. They do have some guys that can make some plays, and um, you know, again, I think it's going to come down to turnovers, just like it did last week, and. Uh, if our defense can somehow come up with turnovers because they just haven't done it, that's true. Um, it, it can, yeah. uh, you know, it can change this game around. But you know, it, it, we seem to be on the, uh, you well, know, we'll, the, have, we'll have Howard back. Maybe that'll help. That that might help if they even challenge him, Mike. I don't know if they would even go his way. But I think it's a nip and tuck game. And you know, if you want to score from me, I. would I'd say like 2017, maybe 24, 21, something like that. And uh, we're on the losing end. Well, last week I said, I think I said 28 to 3, and it worked. <laughs> right. There you go. Go ahead. So, so I'm just going to go 28 to 3 again, and hopefully they'll have a competitive game. Yeah, there you go. So you're not basing it on, on 
watching these no, teams. No, I'm superstitious. You're there just you basically throwing it out there because it worked last week. Exactly. Well, I'm going to I'm going to say the Steelers are going to win. Uh, I think it's going to be about 21 to 10. I think Mike Tomlin's going to throw pretty much everything but the kitchen sink at our offensive line, and most likely that it'll work. So I think we're going to struggle on offense, and uh, unless they can take advantage of a turnover, like you said, Lou, uh, it's going to be a bit ugly at the line of scrimmage. So that's the way I can see it. Well, you know, as I said earlier, they lost barely to three good teams. Right. And uh, I think they're a better team than their 2-4 and four record would suggest. Now, whether they are or not, we'll see. But, you know, the game is important. They need it. Exactly. Uh, because if they're going to have any kind of respectable season, they have to win uh, this, this game. And they should win this game. Oh, absolutely. So I, yeah. I would honestly think they will. And, and to give you a real prediction, I, I would say probably 24-10 to 10 or something in that neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So I, I've got them. Closer than uh, both of you guys. You guys are both thinking that uh, we're going to get beat up pretty good in this game. I'm thinking Fitzy's going to throw the ball away a couple of times. uh, It's not going to work in our favor. There's going to be pressure, and it all depends on how they counter that pressure. And if they have some success, you know, maybe they can get some momentum. But uh, I got a bad feeling that uh, it's not going to go that well on Monday night for us. All right. All right. And uh, that's going to do it for tonight, guys. Thanks for joining me. Very welcome. Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, We'll be back next week. And uh, fins up. Fins up, everybody. Fins up, doll fans. All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. Podcast Network.